0: When everything is on the line, you want him on your team. We are the Spy-Fi Guys, and this is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Hello and welcome back to the Spy-Fi Guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Christian.
0: And we are back early with a very special Dead Drop episode for you.
1: Yeah, a dead drop for Dead Reckoning. That's right. We're covering, well, this is our coverage of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, or otherwise known as Mission Impossible Seven. So, Zach and I got to see a early screening of it on Saturday, Sunday?
0: On Sunday? And then I believe you saw it again. Yes, yeah,
1: so I just came back from a screening in which I was at Cena IMAX, but Tom Cruise and Christopher McCory were literally. In the theater, over from me, uh, I'm. It was a special screening. I just missed the cutoff for when they, uh, for the main theater. So I got put in a overflow theater, and I did not get to see them. But I've got photos of them that I've that uh, some kind people have sent to me. To, but and they were literally just right there, and I was in the same building. But uh, it must have been painful. Yeah. It was. It was a little. I, I had some major just FOMO feelings, but. You know, that just means I'm getting ever so so closer. Like I couldn't make it to the you know the Fallout premiere because of another reason, so I, I was far away from that one. Now I'm in the same building. Maybe by Dead Reckoning Part Two, that'll be when it happens.
0: So, what would your reaction have been if you had been in the same room as Tom Cruise?
1: Oh my God, I would. Uh, I just would there have been tears. <laughs> Maybe, maybe a few tears, or just plain dumbfounded shock.
0: Would you have kept control of your bowel? Yes. That's good. You want to make a good impression. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, so this is not about me. I mean, it is a little bit about me. Being, almost it is being your show. Yeah. But this is really about the movie. Do you want to read the plot synopsis from IMDb?
0: well i would love to but the last couple episodes i've been skipping the poetry synopsis oh, you, oh kinda you gave have... me a hard time about it and i oh. like the poetry synopsis so oh, I, I i all uh, right i was moved by this movie okay so.
1: i wasn't sure because i mean i feel like, yeah dead drops we don't always because we don't always have the time but i'm glad that you found the time
0: well i had a few days so from this point on listeners here comes the spoilers you have been warned
1: Oh yes, that is a very, very big, yeah, distinction since we are dropping this pretty quickly, so...
0: I mean, here here on The SpyFa Guys, we always spoil everything, but I thought it was worth... Reiterating. Uh Anyway, here's the haiku. Entity is born. Sevastopol sinks itself. Goodbye to Ilsa. Interesting. Alright, alright. I like it, I like it. And here's the limerick. There once was a woman called Grace who got caught in a wild car chase. She's had a hard life, fought Gabe with a knife, but she wound up in a pretty good place. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it, yeah. And here is the actual plot summary from IMDb. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Very direct, as usual, from yeah. IMDb.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Alright, so we start off at... The Arctic
2: Circle, right? The Arctic
1: Circle, yeah. I was trying to think, like, okay, so U.S. submarines are, you yeah, know, USS or whatever. um, But I have no idea what Russian, how Russian ships, like, what their designator in the beginning is. So I'm just going to the Sevastopol, which is a submarine. Some mm-hmm. big Red, Red October vibes here.
0: Yeah, Tom Clancy would have been very happy with the beginning.
1: They the flat road. out steal the thing from uh, Red October where, you know, you transition... Uh, from Russian to English on the one... Well, actually, this one is more of an overlay, but it's really the one word. I think, in this case, the name of the ship is where they transition. Um, Mm. But it's a stealth sub. They've been doing a bunch of missions, you know, coming into contact with almost every world's navy without being detected. And as they're going about these duties, they spot a Virginia-class submarine, a U.S. submarine, (coughs) attempts to get away, and see that it has filled its torpedo tubes and fires on it. So they, of course, retaliate and fire back. But they find that it's a ghost ship. It never existed.
0: Yeah, so their super advanced AI system, which looks like Cerebro... (laughs) It
1: does, yeah.
0: First it messes with them, and then it kills them. Which is great. So to be revealed, the bad guy kind of is an evil AI. Now apparently this is very common in science fiction but it's mm-hmm. not common in Mission Impossible and yeah. I actually quite liked it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 different and it's also, I mean, coming into the world we are, live in now, AI um, especially, I mean, even think about it, you know, the AI the reason that currently the, you know, the writers are on strike is at large to do, deal with AI and yeah. protecting their rights. So, the, you know, this movie was written, I think like three years ago, mm. if not before, so the fact that that's he you know Chris McCory was so prescient in
0: realizing what 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 would be threatening to us was interesting. I don't know when the article's about how I mean I was going to kill everybody like when that started, I mean, we had Terminator
1: back in what the eighties, so it's it's been around, but just in terms of putting it into a espionage aspect, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, Ch- chat GTP got big, or GPT, or yeah. however you say it, got big. And then a bunch of articles were written about how AI was going to kill us, and they never explained how exactly that was going to happen. <laughs> I guess this movie is doing its part. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, yeah, like, watch any Terminator movie. The AI becomes self-aware and decides oh. to destroy the world. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so we get our mission briefing. There's a food delivery guy who is a new IMF member.
0: Yeah, this movie is two hours and forty-five minutes long, and some of these dialogue scenes, it really feels like they're taking advantage of that. Like it <laughs> takes even Hunt like fifteen minutes to get his launch, or at least yeah. it felt that way. Though it turns out that he got his mission. Well, yeah,
1: this was interesting to me. The first, this is the first time that there's a mention of the choice, uh-huh. and that is a recurring thing here in this. Right. It's, not, it's not a new concept though. It's built yeah. into the very the very essence of Mission Impossible.
0: Mm -hmm. well right the mission that they choose to accept yeah yeah.
1: exactly but that is seems to be the big other than ai that seems to be the big concept of this movie which i thought was really interesting of analyzing that idea of a mission should you choose to accept it
0: Mm, which of course he always does so is there really a choice especially when the fate of the world is at stake i know (laughs) that's not really what the movie is about but it makes you think
1: and we'll get into more of what explicitly what the choice is later but I like how here we have uh, Kittredge as, as the uh, voice on the tape. And it's also, if you, did you notice, it's all analog. It's not digital.
0: I did not notice that.
1: It's a tape. Uh-huh. It's, you know, photographs. It's, yeah, it's all analog because they they already know, or at least already knows about the entity. Right. Uh, Ethan has no clue. Hmm. But, yeah, so he's spent to recover. There's these two keys that fit together. Now, these are keys that we saw on the Sevastopol to get into their mainframe.
0: Yeah, and this was confusing. I was like, why? Oh. I had mean, issues with the plot of this movie. I mean, whatever. It's a Mission I mean, Impossible movie. But, so I was like, why would the Russian keys to their super-secret spy program defeat the entity? A good, there's a good reason, though. I mean, the, yeah, they explain it later. It's just such a low-tech solution to such a high-tech villain. Which I, I mean which I thought was
1: great. I mean that's that how else, you're not gonna defeat an AI with another AI because then you're gonna have just another AI on your hands. You have you have to use a low-tech solution. Yeah.
0: It's the whole mission possible movie, they still need to have a rabbit's foot, they still need to steal stuff, so it is what it is.
1: Yeah. But what we find out in the mission briefing is that one of those keys is in the possession of Ilsa.
0: Right. Who is now wanted. dead or alive
1: so we go to the desert outside of yemen with some strong lawrence of arabia vibes here
0: i was thinking more call of duty modern warfare too Uh,
1: well we're talking about a cinematic aspect you think (laughs) you see the desert like that you see horses you see people in robes and you know face coverings you think lawrence of arabia
0: you think john wick chapter four
1: (laughs) (laughs) that too sure i I, well i won't lie i did kind of think about it "Hmm, didn't we just do this but right we see that elsa's you know hiding out she's got a big sniper rifle and an eye patch
0: yeah which was in all the trailers so people (laughs) thought that she actually was missing an eye yeah but i mean i had
1: a feeling that oh that's for the use of you know sniping not because of you know losing an eye or something but
0: right
1: we also get a fake-out death for her. Like, when the bounty hunters come after her, she...
0: You feel like a dead body, and then Ethan kind of looks at it. Yeah. But then, I thought it was pretty clear that it was fake, but this reminded me of the, the Rap-A-Con. Rap-A-Con. I yeah I knew
1: you were going to say that.
0: A fake death for a Spock. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, but the, what I thought it was, there's a part where Ilsa shoots this I guess a bad guy who's completely covered up with sunglasses.
1: Oh yeah, the 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 female bounty hunter.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so I thought they had like switched costumes or something, and also was pretending to be her dead body. Ah,
1: no, that's not what happened though. No, not quite. It was more. I think she may have gotten like the wind knocked out of her something, and she was playing possum.
0: Yeah, that's revealed later. right?
1: Right. So we next go to to. I don't know if they actually reveal where this is, but it is. A meeting of the community, a.k.a. all the heads of the various intelligence organizations, or at least the U.S.-based intelligence organizations. And we yeah. have all of the people here.
0: Even though Indira Varma was in the scene, I still didn't like it. Because they Because they just explain about the entity again, and we just had that explanation. Did we, though? I mean, how much did, no. did you need to know?
1: <laughs> we This is the first we get that of that explanation. When else would we have gotten it? We didn't get it on the Sevastopol. We didn't get it in the IMF briefing. Well, we should have gotten it at the IMF briefing. Except Kittredge doesn't want Ethan to know what that's for. He just wants him to recover those keys.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking as an audience member. (laughs) The audience only needs to hear it once. Please. And this is the first time that they're going to hear it. (laughs) Okay. I just... Later in the movie, they talk about the entity so much. The dialogue scenes in this movie, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Uh,
1: I completely disagree with you. Because this has, like, you know, Fallout... Was mm-hmm. nonstop action. This actually had a plot and you know meaning to it. Not that mm-hmm. I don't love Fallout, but it is but mostly just action and there, you know there's character beats and but it is so much action. This seems a more balanced level where you actually care about the characters. And I liked the all of the members of the community. You had Mark Gatiss, you had um, mm-hmm. what's what's his name, Princess Pride. Gary Elwes, Gary Elwes as the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence. Mm -hmm. the guy who played warlock from top gun who's now
0: we also have ethan in there in disguise and i did not think it would be ethan i thought it was a bad guy using a mask (laughs) and he was going to kill everybody and that Uh really would have raised the stakes of the movie Mm -hmm. but uh, not so much
1: no it was so we also have kittredge who is now we last saw him i don't even know back in all the way in mission possible one I don't remember what exactly his position was in the CIA, but now he's back as the director of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Also, did you notice whose photo was on the wall in the in the room?
0: Uh, no, and I'm going to assume that it's an IMF head from some previous movie.
1: No, it is the last head of the CIA who's uh, in a very official-looking photo in the Oval Office. Um, I believe her name was Erica Sloan, played by Oh, my goodness. Now I can't remember her name. The woman who played Black Panther's mother. Angela Bassett? Yes, Angela Bassett. Okay. So this means Angela Bassett is now the president. I guess so. That's, I mean, that's. I think that's cool to me, a black woman president in at least that
0: universe. I mean, but why is she the president? Did they say the former CIA director is the president? No, but you... Okay,
1: anytime in
0: a government building, oh, if you yeah, have yeah, yeah. a framed photo <laughs> of someone I mean, in the Oval the Office,
1: they're the president.
0: Well, you're definitely watching this movie at a different level than I am. Obviously. I was just bracing myself for the intruder who turned out to be Ethan to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. And trying to figure out what's going on with the entity. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, we find out the entity, yeah, it's it's a rogue AI, basically.
0: They're, it's yeah. a rogue
2: AI
1: that just wants to mess with people. Like, he doesn't want to blow up the world, at least not right away. So what they say is that they accessed a bunch of different in- intelligence organizations, databases, and then did nothing but left very visible digital footprints as mm-hmm. a warning basically i could do whatever i want
0: yeah it's neat
1: yeah and also there's some veiled references to fake news in there well not so veiled but yeah
0: yeah that's another very current issue yeah. and hopefully it won't cause the movie to age i <laughs> promise
1: yeah like you said ethan you know gases everyone besides kittredge they have a conversation where yeah it's revealed that you know Ilsa was playing possum and that she's actually still alive, but Ethan tells her, you know, you're dead now. Stay dead.
0: Right. Yeah, that's going to work out great. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) As Ethan, you know, escapes by putting on a Kittredge mask, we cut to our titles.
0: Okay. I don't really have anything to say about the titles.
1: I mean, I I think the music here is great. Done by Lauren Balfe, who did the last two,
0: I
2: believe, Mm
1: -hmm. uh, Mission Impossible, as well as Uh, contributed Top Gun Maverick, and I like the, you know, the theming of it is more like sort of digital erasure, like you'd see, you'd have characters there, and they sort of, you know, get wiped out in a digital manner,
0: which is cool. Yep, and very apropos of the movie, Yeah. yeah.
1: The community sends people after Ethan and company, as they all head to Abu Dhabi. So we've got the two people, lead people who are chasing them are Jasper Briggs, played by Shea Wiggum, and Degas, who's played by Greg Tarzan Davis.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Greg Tarzan Davis played uh, one of the other pilots in Top Gun Maverick, so he may look a little familiar to you. Shay Wiggum's been in a ton of things, including the Fast and Furious franchise.
0: Huh. Yeah, they look familiar. They reminded me of, I get not Rosencrans and Stern, <laughs> but like. They're not like the droids and Star Wars. Like they're always following our heroes around and tagging along and always miss them. They're your Inspector Javert type. The, the you know the type who's sure. chasing after the
1: main hero. Yeah. But did the name well? So here's the thing: this never name is never said anywhere. It's just in the credits. But then the, the name Briggs bring any memories for you?
0: I mean, yeah, it sounded familiar.
1: So Dan Briggs was the basically Mission Impossible's. Uh, Version of uh, Captain Pike, and that he was in the first season, and then never appeared again as like the head mm. of the IMF.
0: Well, yeah, was he the episodes that we watched in Operation Road Dash? And we re- yeah. the rerun summer? Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. will do it.
1: And there's a point where Briggs or degas asks Briggs, "Have you met him?" Is that a- no, not personally. Is that- but it is personal for you. So I feel like they're hinting that he's related to Dan Briggs in some way, mm-hmm. which would be fun for all those fans like me of the uh, you know. Of the original TV show. And of course, you know, our, our buddies over at uh, Mission Impossible who are covering the uh, the TV show.
0: Not to be confused with Minute Impossible.
1: Mm, who cover <laughs> the, the franchise one minute at a time.
0: Right. This movie had a lot of factions, which I liked. Yeah,
1: together. So the, yeah, they're all sort of at odds. And so you have a lot of people running into each other with different agendas. So we mm-hmm. have Benji and Luther there to help Ethan who we find out that, all right, there's a a sale that's going on of one of the keys. They still have, Ethan has the key that was in the possession of Elsa. Mm. And so their plan is to sell the key to the buyer and track that key, the two keys together to to find someone who actually knows what the keys lead to.
0: And I just got to say, keeping track of where, <laughs> all of the halves of the cure really made my head hurt. <laughs> I do not go to Mission Impossible movies to try to keep track of stuff like that. I come really? to watch Tom Cruise jump off of things.
1: See, as a fan of that sort of the movie from the very first one, where uh, the, there was not stunts, it was all about intrigue and uh, you know, sleight of hand, and that sort of stuff. I love right. this stuff.
0: But I got into the series with Ghost Protocol, which right, we will right. be talking about next week. Spoiler alert for that, which that was the point where the series became more like an action series than a spy series. Well, that's,
1: uh, that is one of the things that I've seen come around about this movie is people say, wow, they actually made it back into a spy franchise, a spy movie. Yeah. In some ways. What I like here is that Luther is fooling, you know, the agents of the community by Mm -hmm. basically doing real time, deep fakes.
0: So this was interesting. I liked it. And I also brought, my family was in town, my parents yeah. and siblings, so, so they came along with me. They also really quite liked them going up to somebody and thinking that it's Ethan and then trying to pull his face off and yeah, I love that,
1: like, Shea Wiggum or um, uh, Jasper Briggs, every time, like, yeah, he'd see someone and it would be pulling on their face. Right. <laughs> that was but
0: great. Here, so it was great, but I was hoping it was the entity that was messing with them. Because mm. I was hoping the entity would be more of a prescient threat or not prescient but present threat throughout mm. the movie because they use technology so much I wanted the, them to be like constantly being, being messed with and, and we
1: work. get to that point later on but right here this is mm. Luther's doing yeah.
0: yeah so I was a little bit disappointed it was Luther's doing but <laughs> it's okay
1: Yeah. well I mean it's also just sort of hinting towards oh if Luther uh, you know a mere mortal can do mm. this maybe what can the entity do and I also did like that we got number of different callbacks to the first movie, especially with here with Luther's two nicknames, Phineas Freak and the Net Ranger, both from the first movie. Also, um, Ethan's co- uh, designator in, in back in the uh, in the mission briefing scene is from the first movie, Bravo Echo One One.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not remember the first of three Of course, you don't, well.
1: but, you know, there are other fans of the franchise like me who mm-hmm. remem- remember all these ridiculous details because they've seen these movies hundreds of times. And so, yeah, for me, when I was in the theater, I clapped and laughed when I hmm. heard the Net Ranger and Phineas Freak.
0: Yeah, if this were a Star Wars movie, I would be able to do that. <laughs> but it's Mission Impossible.
1: We... See Ethan trailing the buyer, and he's got some, you know, fancy AR sunglasses that that uh, can track the key, or at least the the material the keys are made up. of. Mm-hmm. Someone picks the buyer's pocket, who turns out to be Haley Atwell, who we learn is playing a character named Grace.
0: Do you remember seeing Haley Atwell at AwesomeCon? At I sure do remember. about Working with Mr. Running Man. Mm-hmm. That was two awesome cons ago. Yeah, that was not it's, the most recent awesome con. It was a, a whole year before that. So yeah, that's how yeah. long we've been waiting for this movie.
1: I mean, this movie was supposed to come out in 2021 initially. So, there you go. Yeah. And she basically, she got cast in like 2019. So she's been on this movie for a long time.
0: And she's in it a lot.
1: She is. She is, she's I think, maybe it, second yeah. build on this movie. And... Mm. It, yeah i i really enjoy her here so we get the return of ethan's close-up magic which we haven't seen since the first movie
0: that i did remember from <laughs> this yeah
1: uh, i may have been inspired to start learning some close-up magic
0: <laughs> Never I, I too late to get back into it
1: i used to be able to pull cards but that was also very sloppy at it so i think i need to do practice i need to practice it more now
0: yeah, this movie has a lot of close-up magic.
1: I love that. It's just because, <laughs> well, to promote yet and talk about yet another podcast, like the Fuse, now the official Mission Impossible podcast. For the hosts right. have been talking about for a long time, wanting the return of Ethan's close-up magic, and we've got it now.
0: Yeah, they got a tiny little MacGuffin that everyone's fighting over. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, and he can. He's you know uses it. I love when he. Picks clearly, you know, picks uh, Grace's pockets and says, you know, this key, and pulls out one, and then this key, and like hits them together, and they both disappear. It's great. Uh-huh. He recruits Grace to help him out. She can keep the money. She just has to put both keys in back into the pocket of the buyer, and then Ethan continues his plan and chase them. There's a slight wrinkle, but because the buyer is killed by Paris, played by Palm Clementov.
0: So this is quite. The plan that Ethan has, I must say. <laughs> the most dangerous thing in the world, and you're just going to bring him together and then hope you don't lose the buyer, which is exactly what happens.
1: Well, he doesn't lose the buyer. The buyer's killed.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the buyer could have been killed. He could have been kidnapped. He could have been disappeared. Like, well, any he, number I of mean, things could happen to him, him, him
1: on the same plane as the buyer so that he could keep him in eyesight.
0: Yeah, it's risky. It, yeah,
1: but that's the name of Ethan Hunt's game. Have we not okay. learned this by now?
0: I suppose that's true. Also, something I wanted to mention is that the money is on a flash drive because it's cryptocurrency. It's $4 million in cryptocurrency, which now is probably worth what? $100? <laughs> we'll see how that ages with the movie, too. Yeah.
1: Once they <laughs> realize that the buyer's dead, they have to switch to a new plan and also have to escape all of the uh, community agents who are chasing them now that they've cut on to Luther's tricks and now are in just two-man teams.
0: Yeah, they're a zone defense. Also, while all this is happening,
1: Benji discovers a suspicious bag which has what looks to be a nuclear bomb in it, and it's also got a, a codex on it that he's trying to solve, and he has to solve it answering riddles. But it's also a like a... A timer? A psychological test that, you know, the more answer, questions you answer, the more it gets to know you. Okay, so... What was the point of this? This is the entity data mining, Benji. To what end, though? To learn what he what his needs
0: are, what his wants are, basically. But it never does anything with it in the rest of the movie. Maybe it will next movie.
1: Well, no, it learns that you know the most important thing to Benji is his friends, and that's the way to get in, to you know to neutralize them.
0: I don't think you need a psychological test <laughs> to, to yeah. learn that, but okay. And it's also just a distraction. I mean, yeah, it's fun for the audience, too. No,
1: I mean, but but if both Luther and Benji were on, Mm. they would be able to help out Ethan so much more as opposed to one being separated.
0: Yeah, I like the part where they call Ethan and ask him to help with the riddles. (laughs) Reminds me of this one episode of Doctor Who where they're calling the doctor to ask him trivia questions. No,
1: they call Martha's mom.
0: Yeah, because the doctor isn't sure, so they need her to Google it. Yeah,
1: yeah. As they're running and they realize, and Ethan, you know, finally finds out about the nuclear bomb, which they find out is then empty.
0: Grace mm. manages
1: to escape. And as she is escaping, Ethan gets sight of a mystery man who's played by Isai Morales, a.k.a. Titan's Deadstroke. Deathstroke.
0: <laughs> yep, that's him. And I guess he's from the first one. I had no memory of any of the flashbacks from the Those first Those
1: flashbacks are not from the first movie. Those are, are brand they? new flashbacks.
0: Well, that explains why I don't remember them then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I definitely assumed that. Oh, Also, one thing I wanted to mention about the bomb. Yeah. Apparently, all you need to do is put a little sticker with the trifoil <laughs> no. on it, and everyone will just assume that it's nuclear and start, like, losing I mean,
1: <laughs> if you saw it's, that and it was in that sort of ca- canister, would you not?
0: It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. we got to move things along. But Oh, so, so that really... Is not from a previous movie.
1: No, that's brand new information. Actually, that I, we kind of skipped over that in the uh, Kittredge's Mission Briefing. where we talked about the choice. And basically, Ethan apparently was coerced into joining the IMF. He had a choice of either prison or join the IMF. Mm. Because of some situation that happened 30 years ago.
0: That is an Involving
1: uh, mm. Gabriel and a woman being shot. That's all we see of it. That we don't. We don't really find out much more than that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Christian, as you know, I do like ambiguity, but okay. in a situation like this, I would have liked a little bit more information.
1: Well, <laughs> this is only part one of a part two of a two-part movie, so I assume we'll find out more.
0: It's a dangerous assumption to make, hmm. but we'll see.
1: So, once um, Ethan sees the man we will come to know as Gabriel, he calls it abort because he knows that Gabriel showing up is only bad news. So they all run, go to their different uh, planes. Ethan runs on the rooftop of the Abu Dhabi uh, airport as the as uh, Briggs and Degar are like wondering where he is, and they don't even see him running away.
0: Yeah, that was a good visual joke because mm-hmm, it's I over. Like they, they see you see him in the background mm-hmm, running by. Yeah. Do you think this movie was aware of the Tom Cruise running meme and tried oh, to course. break its own record? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, Tom Cruise is aware of this. Because his Twitter profile literally says running in movies since 1981.
0: There you go. Well, did
1: it break the record? Do you know? I, oh, in terms of like the longest running shot of him? Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to find, look those up because which means i have to see it again. I know the, the record was previously in Mission Impossible 3 which was broken by Fallout. I don't mm. know if it was broken in this one. It may have been, not in this scene, but in a later scene it may have been, but I have no idea if they actually did.
0: Yeah, he did a lot of running, so... He, he did. is yep. Mr.
1: Much. as as we will call him, Mr. Running Man.
0: Mm, Mr. Running Man.
1: <laughs> so, we <clears throat> go to Rome, which is where Grace ended up. She's yes. arrested uh, by local police who found all her passports. They got a tip.
0: But mm. amongst all her possessions, we don't see the key. I watched this movie with my sister, Alana, who okay. you remember from spy kids. She had the observation of they didn't search everywhere. That's not me saying it. It's her saying it. Okay. Okay. Just saying. If it were me, I would have had them scan her with a wand to be like, we're not detecting any metal. That's but she like doesn't that.
1: have it is the thing.
0: Right. As, <laughs> so? as it turns out. Yeah. All yeah. more to say about that too. Yeah.
1: As she's being interrogated, they get interrupted because her lawyer is here her lawyer who it turns out to be Ethan in a very smart looking, you know, vest and a pair of glasses. I like that vest.
0: Yeah. So this was kind of neat too, because they know where she's going
2: mm-hmm.
0: and are able to get one step ahead of her. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like She gives Ethan a comeuppance a lot in this movie and he <laughs> gives it back to her too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. She also reveals that uh, Briggs and Degas are also in Rome and have been looking for her.
0: So what? what did this remind you of?
1: I don't know what did it didn't remind me of.
0: A hapless person in Rome oh, being boy. pursued by Betty's oh, no. actions.
1: <laughs> oh no! Do not bring up Hudson Hawk. Just saying. Hey, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I thought of. I thought of something. I, I did not actually. No, so, I did not. Nor did I think about the Vatican organization. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about
0: that either. Uh, so is this the part where it's revealed that she placed the key on a guy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we see her go into her, like, when Mm -hmm. she gets into her airplane, you know, from Abu Dhabi to Rome, we see her sit next to a man, and yeah, it's revealed that she, you know, flirted with a guy and, like, exchanged phone numbers to to take a meetup later, and I like, she is very good with these lifts and pulls, yeah.
0: You actually see her do it. But it was very smooth, yeah. Yeah, there's some funny dialogue here. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny, at least a very strange edit, where Ethan is saying... You found a mark. Probably a man, middle-aged. He's been waiting his whole life for a woman like you to notice him. Highly intelligent. Probably an orphan. Been in and out of foster homes. Yeah, I just... did. Uh, there should have been
1: a little bit of a break in between yeah. those two. To sh- I do agree <laughs> with you that the first time, I was a little thrown off.
0: I was, I was like, how would she know he's an orphan?
1: No, yeah, it, it. There should have been a little bit more of a pause between those two. One describing. Right, the man her, her mark; the other describing grace.
0: Yeah, I mean, I figured it out eventually, but yeah. it was funny at first. It was like, what you wouldn't want someone highly intelligent, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, do they ever explain how she got it back from the guy?
1: We don't see it, but we, we presume that once she escapes, and we'll get to the, uh, you know the, how she escapes, that she mm. met up with the guy, still had her phone, or still knew where to meet him up up with him, and then got it from him. Then simple as that.
0: This is why my head hurt, trying to keep track of where all the keys were. I <laughs> anyway. had a theory that he was invited to the party later, and no, make a naked no. party. But I guess that was wrong.
1: <laughs> no. While she's in being interrogated, also, she steals a paperclip, which I enjoy spotting when they do such a thing, and knowing exactly it, what yeah. they're going to do with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, that is, you know, sometimes they come up with these ridiculous things about how to pick up, you know, pick a lock. Handcuff locks? Actually, pretty easy to pick if you've got a paperclip. Just you bend it. They actually showed it correctly, and you just have a slight bend in it at 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 the tip. Nice. And I can neither confirm nor deny that I've had to escape from handcuffs like that.
0: Oh my goodness! I don't want to hear about what you guys do in the bedroom.
1: Okay, not in that way. (laughs) I was stupid and put them on myself, and then real, and then the key broke because I was just like, you know, I should learn how to. (laughs) All right, I guess I'm well. Let's edit this part yeah, out of the podcast. You basically told the story. What? Come <laughs>
2: on, this is good stuff.
1: Oh well, it was basically I wanted I wanted to learn how to pick handcuffs locks. Uh huh. And I put on handcuffs, and then the key broke. Whatever. We've
0: all do, done, done st- dumb stuff. Don't worry and
1: about it. So at least, at least you didn't starve to death. Actually, figure out how to because I had a date later on. I was like, I'm not showing
0: up to a date handcuffed. You didn't want to ask for help? <laughs> no. Just like a man. Uh... Well, ask who? Who uh, no, would I ask? Around? Who has a
1: spare <laughs> handcuff key?
0: Mm, good point.
1: <laughs> Anyways, this, this is not about me being handcuffed. This is no, about...
0: Lots of people get handcuffed. Yes, yes. So
1: I also like how uh, Grace, when she's with Ethan, escapes by, pr- you know, faking that you know, he groped her and like a bunch of actually, I like that a bunch of men are all like, you know, take her side and believe her immediately. and they're like, you know, trying
2: That's
0: to nice. keep Ethan away from her. So question, did you like Grace? Oh, yes. See, I did too. And the thing is she's not a good person. <laughs> she's a, a thief <laughs> and a criminal. I... And Hayley Atwell is just so darn charming. You can't okay, help but like you her. You saying
1: you've never had a movie where there was a thief who you just wanted them to win? Any of the Ocean's movies? Re- Hudson Hawk.
0: <laughs> is he a thief?
1: Yeah, he is a thief. That's right. I forgot He's a that. cat burglar. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, um, what's that? The Thomas Crown Affair, Italian job. These are all, there are so many movies about con artists and thieves. This is where you draw the line? <laughs>
0: no, it's not that. It's more like I started liking her like immediately. Because Because she's Haley Edmond. She's so charismatic. I think that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. It was impressive.
1: But, and I'm, yeah, I like that because of her. But then, you know, that gets you an in. But Mm. after that, you have, she actually has to show something. And she did. Like, I love just how she, like, and I've seen this described in interviews that she's someone who gets roped into a Mission Impossible movie that does not want to be in the Mission Impossible movie. She wants to get out.
2: So she's a a different different. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So she was a new, fresh. Fresh thing, yeah, mm. but yeah. So <laughs> she steals a, a police car. Ethan steals a motorcycle. There's a lots of big chases. They get handcuffed to each other. Also, uh, Paris Pompe- Clementev starts chasing them in a big, you know, uh, yeah.
0: SWAT van or SWAT tank. <laughs> um. Well, what was her yeah. character's name again? Paris. Like Berlin or something? Oh, Paris. Yeah. <laughs> so Paris reminded me of Carrie Fisher's character from the Blues Brothers. I've actually never seen The Blues Brothers. Oh my god! It's a, first of all, it's a great movie. but It's a gap but, in
1: my in my cinematic knowledge. Yeah.
0: But Carrie Fisher will th- show up, try to murder them, usually with some kind of elaborate scheme, and uh-huh. then fail, <laughs> and then disappear again. So that's yeah, what sounds about right. reminded me. Of yeah. So yeah, this is the big this is the big car chase, right?
1: And, well, it's it's a car chase that be, or and a motorcycle chase that becomes another car chase, that becomes another car chase. I right. like when they switch over to the Fiat. That thing is hilarious. Did you did you like the setup for this? Where you know Ethan, you mm-hmm. know, has to find a safe car, not a safe house, a safe car. And you you he pulls up and you see all like a Lamborghini, Maserati, and then out comes this little yellow Fiat.
0: Yeah, I I'd like the audience that we were in really liked it too. They got a lot of big laughs. Because it was not just a regular
1: Fiat, it was like a souped-up, like, ridiculously fast Fiat. Mm
0: -hmm. Of course, they had done
1: this joke already in one of the Expendables movies. Which I've never seen any of them, so it played like a
0: first time to me. I saw the trailer where Arnold Schwarzenegger Uh, says, My shoe is bigger than this car. Oh, God. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was good. The audience also liked the part where they knock over a bunch of motor scooters. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Or mopeds, yeah. I mean, it's Mission Impossible... A car chase is expected, and it delivered.
1: It delivered, and also we get you know a scene on the Spanish Steps in mm. uh, in Rome, and them driving around and tumbling down the Spanish Steps in the Fiat. It, it's it's great. They finally escape all of the cars by driving backwards into a tunnel, uh, which turns out to be a access to the train. Grace has uncuffed herself by using the paperclip, tosses the paperclip to ethan she escapes but he is about to get hit by the train
0: before he can yeah. uh escape so this is another grace lucks out again because she doesn't leave him to die mm-hmm. there's no train coming when she leaves mm-hmm. yeah so it's he both gets the danger and she also doesn't have the guilt Yeah. Of like, but like she, she, to she also
1: does give him <laughs> she could have not given him the
0: paperclip. clip yeah there's that too yeah
1: and so Ethan narrowly escapes by just getting the steering wheel off of out of the car. Right. And you see him walking up the stairs with the steering wheel handcuffed to him
2: mm.
1: when he is rescued by Benji, uh, Luther and Ilsa in a van.
0: Yeah, Elsa's back. Yeah. I guess it was everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Which I mean, they had all scattered to the four winds. And so now and somehow they were able to track Ethan and come back and rescue him, thankfully. Mm. so we go to venice uh in the safe house they get intel on the gala which is where grace was supposed to set me you know, hand off her key which she still has or yes
0: right <laughs> Do you see what i mean
1: yeah you yeah, know i had to think well because also i mean i'm running through this movie but also i'm like trying to remember where we are in the movie mm. And we find out that this gala being held in Venice is put on by the White Widow, a.k.a. Alana Mitsopolis, who is the daughter of Max from the first movie, who we saw back in Fallout.
0: So was she in the earlier movie? No. Because I had no memory of her.
1: You don't remember her from Fallout? No. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's the arms broker who had the n- nuclear bombs that they were chasing after. Okay. If you say so, I have
0: no memory of that. Wow, she's a decent part of that movie. Yeah, I'm sure. But I remember the action scenes from the Mission okay. Impossible movies. all right. Well, I mean,
1: find out more information on Gabriel. Yeah. Let's start
0: with Gabriel for a second. All right, yeah, yeah. They needed to do a bit more with him. I didn't understand. Especially now knowing that he's not in a previous movie. <laughs> I was like, what's the deal with this guy? How did he start working for the entity? Like, Does it really what? matter? What? Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Would like, you remember that next movie, though? Because you just literally said you only remember the action scenes. Listen, me not having a good memory has nothing to do with whether or not I was confused watching this <laughs> I mean, yes. So, I, no, I just want to know, Like, do, I think they explained why he got out of his alliance. Yeah. From the entity, do you remember? It's like, he basically wants to burn everything down.
1: We know that he's involved in some big, you know, event from Ethan's past, which basically made Ethan who he is now. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, he, Is a psycho, and you know, it doesn't, it's not just the murder and the killing he enjoys, but the suffering that it brings.
0: Okay, so Christian, I'm gonna need to correct you slightly. We don't know that we are told that.
1: Okay, we are told that, sure.
0: It's a lot of tell and not showing with Gabriel. Mm. That being said, the concept is great, the concept of the entity is great and of Gabriel. So, no, you haven't played Mass Effect, Mm. right? I would encourage you to do so when you somehow find the time, because in the first (laughs) Mass Effect movie, or First Mass Effect game, excuse me, they they do this, where there's, the main bad guy is an avatar of, like, some faceless hmm, okay. techno-evil, and he's like, yeah, I believe in them and their cause, and it's just really kind of neat. It's like a human face on a sci-fi concept. So I like that. I guess you could watch it on YouTube, too, but it's not the same.
2: Okay.
0: I, mean, I Like, I wanted this scene yeah. where Gabriel meets the entity for the first time, and they become friends. <laughs> is That's is that so much to ask. Uh,
1: to make it not sound completely laughable, yes.
0: All right, or, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not a screenwriter on strike.
1: Uh, good, because you wouldn't be able to write it anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we and I guess we also find out that um, basically how Ilsa got involved in all of this. She has a, you know a few friends back in MI6 who you know are war- concerned if. Um uh, MI6 or even just the British government in general gets control of the entity. So they leaked right. it to her so she could, you know, steal half of the key.
0: So yeah, this this occurs to me. So they say every nation would kill for it. Mm-hmm. And someone even says later, I think every nuclear power wants to kill me and a few smaller really? ones yep. or something mm-hmm. like that. But we don't again, we don't see that. We only see Briggs and what's his name. I mean, there's already a lot of factions. Yeah, like, uh,
1: yeah. Do you really need to see? The Brits and the French and... It would be pretty crazy, the, though. The Russians all chasing after him, too.
0: I, I'm going to make another comparison to the Blues Brothers. Actually, okay. I don't Never mind. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so we also find out that this is, you know, Ethan and Ilsa's first time in Venice. They get a little snuggly, you know, on the railing after the, you know, briefing.
0: Yeah, what was up with that? All the shippers go nuts.
1: Mm-hmm, pretty much. And we get it's party time, so they take a bunch of uh, gondolas down to the party. I, I like to really show off Venice, and yeah, this is the most
0: James Bond like part of the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we see Grace meets Gabriel because she and she's waiting for her for the buyer. It's not Gabriel though. The buyer is the White Widow, and then everyone sort of converges on the party. And we get, you know, everyone's pleading their case to Alana Metzopoulos, the White Widow, of why they should be the one to get the key.
0: Mm-hmm. Then does she even have the key?
1: Well, she has... Mm, at that point, no. Um, Grace still has the key.
2: Right.
1: And she slips it into her um, Alana Mitsopoulos' brother... Oof, what is his name? It's like something... Four letters, but not quite—not Zemo. It's like something like Zemo that I cannot ah. place it. Hold on. And why Z. does Grace do that? Dumb, basically just to so that when they search hit her, she doesn't have it. Okay. She said she didn't bring it. Oh, hmm. Zola. It's Zola. I oh, knew it was an, a different so Captain America villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Zemo. Zola. There it is. Hmm. We find out that Gabriel is not there to try to purchase it. But the entity has told him that it will be delivered to him tomorrow on the train, on the Orient Express. So somehow the, <laughs> the the entity already knows about these plans because you know he's a he's a, they're a digital ghost. Right. But for in order this happen, someone's going to die important to Ethan. It'll
0: be either Grace or Ilsa. It occurred to me like if Grace looked like Paul Giamatti, would this be a <laughs> difficult question? <laughs> I mean, it's you' met her two hours ago. She's not innocent in the sense that she's not like some random person off the street, and she's already caused some problems Just saying. I, well, that's the thing. well, and it's
1: made big a big deal about in you know this in fallout that Ethan doesn't want anyone to die
0: I mean, yeah, he's still a good guy in a Hollywood movie. like he's not just going to leave anyone to die if he can help it. but
1: I mean, yeah. if in I don't know what scenario, if it's basically the exact same character played the same, but played by Paul Giamatti, I think yes, Ethan mm. would still be in this dilemma. Well,
0: yeah, there's some issues with Ilsa in this movie, but we'll get to that.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> we end up with a chase where you know Grace takes her key and runs off with it, and Ilsa runs you know, runs away so that she she doesn't have to be there to have Ethan make that choice. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel runs away and Ethan is trying to chase after him. And he has Benji, you know, try to direct him to where he's going. But the entity deepfakes Benji's voice and guides him right into an alley.
0: I loved it. I'm like, why did it take so long in this movie for the entity finally to start taking an active role in events?
1: This is where we really get the first interaction of any yeah. kind with the entity. Actually, that was that was a cool thing about the party, is like, the entity is there, in essence, like, on the big screens.
0: Yeah. And when it starts talking to him, ooh, it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. It was great. I just <laughs> wish we had more. Of it.
1: Yeah, so Ethan is stuck in this alley as Gabriel is going after Grace to get that key. Mm-hmm. Grace has grabbed, you know, these two knives and they're having a big fight, which... I like it was a pretty good fight. I like the fight between Grace and Gabriel. You can tell that Grace is less experienced with the knives than yeah, Gabriel clearly
0: outmatched mm-hmm. clearly.
1: and Ethan, that in that alley fight where it's Ethan, Paris, and just another goon
0: mm.
2: it is
1: brutal because it is a, you know, tiny space that, you you can only you know wind up so much, or get, it's it's hard to get kicks in really. So a lot of it is just bashing people's heads into the walls. And yeah, then Paris has a pipe that's you know she's using to hit Ethan with, mm. and it's an impressive fight. And Ethan manages to overcome both of them and has an opportunity to you know kill Paris with the pipe, but spares her life
0: because. He's a good guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, but he yeah. does—he
0: does do the action hero thing where he smashes oh, he it right, right, right above next her, her head. to yeah. show that he could have done it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: but yeah. So Grace also gets defeated by uh, Gabriel, mm. and is she's about to be killed by him when Ilsa shows up with the cane sword, which mm. Paris had earlier.
0: This was in the trailers. Yeah,
1: so we get a knife versus sword. There's a. This is also. I was. I like quite like this fight. Mm. Uh, Ilsa had some pretty good, you know, fencing poses, and it, it all looked really well. She also integrated, you know, her signature, you know, climb up on the guy's neck and try to snap mm-hmm. their neck or with her legs kind of thing, and was thrown off. So it was. It was very well done.
0: It reminded me of Captain Malcolm Reynolds versus the operative in Serenity. <laughs> yeah.
1: But in the end, Ilsa gets stabbed to death,
0: and dies. <laughs> Later. But let's just skip to that. Do you think she's dead? Yes. I, I put, it this, put it this way, I hope so. Mm. Because mm. This, I like it when main characters die. There needs to be more consequences for their yeah. adventures. Right, okay? right. Everything's too light and breezy and fun. Now, unfortunately, how was your emotions around Elsa's death? I assume the movie pulled on your heartstrings very so I
1: got spoiled on this. Okay. So I knew it was coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because some
1: idiot on Reddit put it right in the title
2: mm-hmm.
1: of their of their uh, topic, so I couldn't like I scrolled and I just saw it, and then after that I muted the Mission Impossible channel or uh, uh, subreddit because I just didn't want to see anything else before I actually saw the movie. So I knew it was coming, uh, and I so that was I didn't get the full shock of it. I was I was sad about it. But as I watch the movie, and I'll get, maybe at the very end, I'll sort of say why I don't think she's actually dead.
0: Okay. Well, so I'll I'll just tell you, and this is probably not a surprise to hear this, because I guess I'd be kind of a curmudgeon. I'm the curmudgeon of the podcast. You don't say. Yeah, I'm just not that emotionally attached to Ilsa. Well, that's because you don't
1: remember anything besides the actions (laughs) of scenes of Fallout, That's right. Or Rogue Nation, for that matter, where she is obviously, like, second build, you know, equal to Ethan and have all this chemistry together.
0: Okay, you're right. I have very little memory of Rogue Nation. Just in general. I remember Goose Protocol and Fallout. Rogue Nation is kind of in between.
1: If you forgot that the White Widow is in Fallout, I don't trust any of your memory of these movies.
0: (laughs) That's fine. I'm not asking you to trust my memory. But this is a little bit of a criticism of the movie. They had time for us to reestablish an emotional connection with Elsa, and they just didn't. Like, she could have been in the movie a lot more before she died. And they just chose not to do it.
1: I mean, I don't think it's necessarily chose not to. Have you seen Rebecca Ferguson's IMDb? She's in everything now. It may have just been an availability issue.
0: Well, sure. I I suppose. But I was reminded... Have you ever heard the expression, every issue is someone's first issue? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Every Mission Impossible movie is someone's first Mission Impossible. Movie. right So I was and I was thinking about the people that I saw him with who, have not. I don't. Th- I think they've seen some of them. But okay. Were yeah, they were basically going in kind of cold, and.
2: And what were their no reactions?
0: They were didn't really feel much of anything.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So your whole family's unfeeling robots. <laughs> got it. Got it.
0: Well, so, so I mean, like, what does Elsa do? There's she has an action scene. There's one part where she snuggles with. Ethan, and then she dies. So, the, and the action, well, it's not just the
1: action scene, it's all the things being talked about her, both in the mission briefing and also uh-huh. it with, in the conversation with Kittredge. That's supposed to clue you in on and the mm-hmm. whatever relationship is lies between Ethan and Ilsa.
0: I, I know, I, I guess the audience can decide whether it worked for them or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, having met Both of your siblings and knowing their taste in things, I'm not surprised.
0: I know. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess we approach movies differently than some people. You very much do. Entertain me, movie. That's how Mm -hmm. I feel.
1: Yeah, after the death, question mark, of Elsa, we go back to the safe house where uh, Grace is in a trauma blanket. With a coffee. Yeah, or presumably tea
0: seen on many episodes of SVU and so on. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And this is where Grace is given basically the choice. Mm-hmm. We've, it's revealed that Benji, Ethan, Luther have all been in a similar situation where there are a lot of options and the choice is either prison, death or join the IMF.
0: Yeah, apparently the IMF is like the military. Right? So here's <laughs> this, this is
1: very interesting to me that you go all the way back to the curry the you know the the uber eats guy in the very beginning Mm. ethan says to him you made the right choice so he's Mm. there because he was in some sort of situation so i'm like thinking about all the different people who have been in the imf at least in the movies
0: Mm. yeah this movie does i mean the the ones recently they haven't because the first few they had this rotating lineup of guest stars
1: yes but also There was an actual, like, especially in MI3, there's an entire organization. They have a headquarters. They've got all these analysts and everything. Are all of them, you know, people who had to make the choice? Good question. You could ask Christopher McQuarrie, I guess. Or is this some, you know, is this as they're rebuilding after Mm. Ghost Protocol? When I mean,
0: you know yeah. I think it also could be for the field agents, the people who really go the extra. Except level. Benji
1: started off as an analyst, or not even an analyst. He's in tech services. <laughs> so mm. did he have to make yeah, the good choice? Point. Yeah, and he, he says, and they say, literally say, every one of, them, including Benji. So I was like, I want to know because there have been also like on screen biographies of Ethan, two of them, one in Emma MI and Mission Impossible. One and one in I think Fallout, where you see files of him and you know, they're they're on screen, so they're canon. Then okay. never mention like him being in the situation thirty years ago where he had to it's usually he was recruited into the IMF either by Dan Briggs or Jim Phelps.
0: So it's kinda of like a retcon. It's a, it's
1: definitely a retcon and but it can be easily explained as, oh well we wiped it from the official record kind of thing.
0: I don't know. I just feel if I was dangling fifty stories above the ground, I would not want the guy at the other end of the line to be someone who had to be there or else he would go. Well, to here's, jail.
1: The, here's the thing too, though. They uh, also like, they also specifically say we're, they're all there by choice. They're all there because they want to be there.
0: Mm, but if the choice is death, prison or the IMF, is it really a choice?
1: I mean, I assume at some point, well, here it gets into the point of, you know, Ethan retired. You mm. can
0: retire <laughs> from that choice. Yeah. I mean, maybe you put in your five years or 10 years or whatever. Mm. So at hear, this yeah. point
1: he's way past that anyway. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's it's just an interesting concept that I'm I'm very curious to see where they go with it in the second part of this and if, if they explain more. And I'm yeah. sure I, I I believe in Christopher McQuarrie and I believe that he will. I believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> so they get uh, Grace to agree to help them. So they ha- and they come up with a plan. So on the Orient Express she's gonna double the White Widow. Mm going to find out who the buyer is, get both keys, hand them off to Ethan. Ethan will parachute off the train. (laughs) So, and as, you know, simple as that. Mm. But then of course, something goes wrong and the mask machine breaks and there's only a mask for the White Widow, none for Zola.
0: This made me happy. Uh, I was so happy when that uh, mask machine broke. I have made it clear. I'm not the biggest fan of the masks because I think they make things too easy. And that's exactly what happened here. It also makes sense. The whole thing with the entity, their technology failing them, and they have to be creative. Love mm-hmm. it, love it, love it.
1: Yep. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, I love the masks, but uh-huh. I also like when they have to improvise.
0: There
1: you go. So but... I, I, and I appreciate We had plenty of masks already. So uh-huh. the fact that he doesn't wear one, I mean, we even... They even give us this. They show us the scenario where he ha- where he the mask machine did work, and so we even get to see the mask already. So I'm like, you know what? It breaks now. It's fine, and it causes, you know, it forces them to be more creative. But the masks are just so much fun.
0: Oh my gosh, they pleased both of us. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do. That being said, though, this whole thing with the train and the stunt, which we'll get to later, I was like, it's it's the train. It's not Fort Knox. You really can't get onto it any other way besides using a mask. Well,
1: let, let's get. Let's, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a train that has both, you know, the mysterious buyer and right. the White Widow. You would presume there's security on it.
0: Well, yeah, there's security on it, but there's lots of normal people around. It's not the Pentagon, it's not an armored train. You're forgetting
1: the one big thing mm. the entity. Yes. Who if they, if he goes on in a normal fashion, would see him and spot him and
0: alert everyone. So what, he can't like hide at the station and then while it's pulling out, just jump on board? No, because there was security cameras at the station. Okay, but then we, we need the movie to tell us that there's security cameras they, everywhere. Do
1: we, though? Do we do, in this world that we live in now, do we really need to be told that there's security cameras everywhere?
0: Doesn't it take place in the when, UK?
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, when your own part. neighborhood probably has you know, 20 different people with a ring camera or a mm. nest camera or no, we don't need to be told there's security cameras everywhere. We live it. We don't need to be told that. Come on.
0: Well, in that case, they should have been dealing with that the whole movie. They were.
1: <laughs> mm. Anytime that Grace shows up, she's caught on a security camera. That's how
0: everyone knows where she is. It also made me wonder, like, couldn't you have like crawled underneath the train and like stapled himself to the bottom like in Dungeons and Dragons, great movie uh, by the way. And I don't know. It's just I felt like no. for a super secret spy organization, there had to be an easier way to get on the train than what they did. That's all. We can agree to disagree. Jumping
1: on the top of a train is a pretty mm. simple way to do it, as uh, they w- as the plan was going to be. Yeah. So we'll get there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So yeah, the new well, that's that's where we are now. They need a new plan. So yeah, Grace mm-hmm. still goes undercover. But now Ethan is going to, at at a turn, when a train is going to slow down, he's going to jump on the train from a bike. That's a Mm. pretty simple plan. I don't see what, stapling yourself to the bottom of a train (laughs) seems more complicated than hopping on a plane as it's, a train, as it's slowing down at a core. Come on. I I,
2: I don't really
0: really want to argue about this anymore. I'm just saying, I feel like there would be a million times easier for him to get on the train before it leaves than while it's in, in motion. That's all. That's all. Mm-hmm. We'll have to agree to disagree about it.
1: Anyway, so we're on the train. We find mm-hmm. out that Gabriel isn't bored. He's in this like weird coffin thing, which that was uh, great. has a mask over it. This is this is probably his way of communicating with the entity.
0: I assume. Maybe. Oh, look, Gabriel is able to figure out a way to get onto the train without being detected
1: because Gabriel is working with the entity.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand. The coffin thing was really weird. Why didn't he just get on, walk on? It is cool though very very science fiction.
1: So he yeah, so he and Paris take out the brakes of the train so that it will not slow down because the entity has already predicted what Ethan's plan is.
0: I like the entity being more involved as I said. I like it.
1: Yeah, so um Grace drugs the white widow but and because of the brakes being taken out and the train not slowing down, Ethan misses the train, and he has to ask Benji for an alternative route. hmm Which is instead uh, going up the side of a mountain and parachuting off
0: of it, as Benji suggests. Right, and then somehow getting the timing right to hit the mm-hmm. train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it's is a it good idea, <sighs> a good excuse to get him to jump off of a mountain.
1: Yes, yeah. so, well, on his motorcycle, and yeah. and right. Okay, so I know we argued about the stunt... Way back always in always trailer, uh, In our trailer uh,
0: breakdown. Right.
1: Did the stunt read better to you in the actual movie than
0: in the trailer? Okay, so, so here's the thing. I had some time oh, to think God. about it. Okay? And yeah. we're going to be talking about Ghost Protocol next week, mm-hmm. and I'm going to probably bring it up again, so I apologize in advance for that. But I think climbing on the Birch Khalifa was both the best and the worst thing that ever happened to the Mission <laughs> Impossible series. Okay. Okay, it's the best because it set the new bar for action movies, brought in a ton of fans like myself. Even though I'm not a fanboy, it was amazing. But then the problem is, every movie after that, they're like, "How do we top it?" And I don't think they've ever been able to top it. They've had really good stunts. This one's good. But it's Being strapped to the side of a plane There's not. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think so. This is not the same. Now, that's me. That's how I feel. Wow. I really disagree. I think this. the difference is, is because the bird scene went on for so long.
1: What about Tom Cruise actually piloting his own helicopter in those in
0: Fallout? I liked the Fallout one. I liked when he falls off the helicopter. Mm-hmm. That was good. That's the closest they've come to it. Okay, alright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, as I think I mentioned at the time, um, it looked like it could have been a stunt guy. But would it doing... be?
1: Come on. They. They. You see him, you see him as he's jump, as he's it is held in a single shot of him. Right. Mm-hmm. You see, clearly see him on the motorcycle and going off the cliff. Where would they cut? Why would they cut? This is Tom Cruise we're talking about. Come on.
0: Come I mean, on. We, yeah, we know that because we've read, we read about it in the news, but it's here. we no, don't have no. to get into it mean, Even it without
1: that, it's just, this is Tom Cruise. He, the, the guy who is going to do his own stunt. Mm-hmm. Why, would, why would he do that? Okay, well, if I said... It,
0: Okay, I have said my piece. I assume you loved it. Of
1: course, I did. Come on, it's <laughs> it's, it's someone jumping off a cliff with mm. a, with a
0: motorcycle and then parachuting. Nice, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, I liked it too. Oh, who are not you? as much as the yeah. other ones. Yeah. Did
1: you though? Did you? Yeah. It's cool because it doesn't. All I've heard is complaints from you.
2: that's not
0: true <laughs> about this stunt. Yeah, that is, I've oh, only oh, heard oh, complaints. about the stunt. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, like I don't know. I, of course, of course, I liked it. I just don't know what else, how else to express that I liked it.
1: You could have just started with that and, and then started the I, criticism. You never even said that you liked did it.
0: Did the compliment sandwich, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> du- duly noted. <donut. laughs>
1: uh-huh. All right. Anyway, so we also get this little scene that I liked with Degas and uh, Briggs
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, with Briggs sort of, or Degas sort of questioning, like, why are we chasing him? He seems to be doing the right thing which mm. I, I liked.
0: <laughs> Questioning orders is dangerous. <laughs> mm.
1: Also, we get uh, Grace discri- disguised as the White Widow, finally meeting the buyer, who turns out to be Kittredge.
0: Yeah, okay, so what's the deal with this? So oh. I was like, are they saying Kittrich is, is bad guy? Kittrich or... has always
1: been neutrally... Yeah, yeah
0: he, he's, you know, neutral... I don't even know what it would be. Is it okay if I jump ahead a bit sure. to the end? Because at the end, Grace Lake comes in t- from the cold to him, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Ethan tells me I can trust you, but she just saw him try to buy the key.
1: Buy it for America. So he is. So he is a good guy, and he is trust. I mean, good in terms of he is doing this for America, right? As, but to, I, so America th- can be the the you know superpower. As yep. opposed, to, he wants this. As opposed to Ethan, who wants to thinks no man should have all this power.
0: Yeah, so Ethan and Kittredge are at odds, which is very expected. But he is still, yeah. Well, and
1: then so way back in the very first movie, we met you know Alana Metzopolis's mother, Max. Do you remember her, Vanessa Redgrave?
0: Is she with the head of the IMF?
1: No, she is the one who no. she's who <laughs> Ethan is trying to sell the not, who's trying to get the necklace. She's the one who wants the knuck okay. right. At the very end of that movie, we have Kittredge mm. who captures her and says, I'm sure there's something we can work out.
0: Uh, so he always kind of has his own agenda. Yeah, but right.
1: here in this movie, if you were listening, you'd hear that him say that the deal I had with your mother, Max, was that... Yeah, you know, you're I remember that. I em- remember enter- him saying criminal that enterprise that. can continue to remain so long as it mo- primarily serves our needs. Mm-hmm. So yes, he's working with her to get this for America. Right. Unlike the DNI, who is also yes. on this train and is meeting with um, Gabriel. Hmm. Basically, yeah. because we find out here that, yeah, so it, it was a rogue AI. We, I mean, we already knew the entity was a rogue AI, but we hmm. what we didn't know was that before it came became, or before it was aware that it was, before the community was aware that it was completely sentient, it had been sent off to the F- Sevastopol just to, you know, disable the stealth technology, not, but went against all of its programming and decided to just kill everyone instead.
0: Love it. <laughs> and then there's always the the Prometheus who thinks he can steal fire from the okay. gods.
1: <laughs> so they, both Gabriel and uh, the Director of National Intelligence want you know the Sevastopol to never be found because, one, the DNI doesn't want any proof of their involvement, of the US's involvement with the Sevastopol. And Gabriel doesn't want anyone to find the Sevastopol because the source code of the entity is contained inside the Sevastopol.
0: Yeah. I mean, as soon as the DNI says, I'm the only one who knows where it is, I was like, well, of course they're going to kill you now. (laughs) The entity doesn't want to be controlled.
2: Mm -hmm,
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So he gets killed. Mm -hmm. But Gabriel also stabs Paris because the entity has predicted that Paris will betray them because Ethan Hunt saved her life or spared her life.
0: Yeah, all the stuff with the entity was great. I just wish there was more.
1: So the widow finally wakes up as Grace has declined the payment of $100 million.
0: In a very dramatic moment, right? Which, I was like, why didn't she just take the money? It's not like... It's... Because she's growing conscience. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. It's true. Yeah, she's she's no longer a thief. She's changed. Ethan Hunt has that effect on people.
1: And also the fact that Il- Ilsa died to save her life. Died, question mm.
0: mark. <laughs> I,
1: I still say died. We'll say. All right, so... Grace, you know, does the mask pull and I even mean, pulls off the little which um, the little strip, the voice modulator strip, which we didn't. See. That's the first time we saw this movie,
0: but I remembered it from previous movies. Anytime that, that Ethan's
1: wore um, wore a mask in this, we don't actually see the pull or at least maybe I didn't catch it either time I watched it. Right. And so she is, you know, got a gunpoint by Zola, tr- who is trying to get the key from her when Ethan crashes into the side of the train. Now this I would have liked to have
0: seen a stunt guy do, come in from the outside. <laughs> that would have been something, but he probably would have broken both his legs oh, doing it, yeah. at at best. It's very tempting to nitpick here, to be like, oh man, he crashes in at the exact moment, at the exact place to save her life, but it's a movie. It's a movie. I totally yeah. forget it. Yep.
1: And also, we know that Ethan has, well, I, I, mm, the AR glasses are probably not
0: his AI AR goggles.
1: AR goggles. Yeah, probably not because of the entity. So maybe not. And mm. in, in, the, in the ensuing chaos, Gabriel gets the key, and Ethan chases after him, and they have a big old fight on the roof of Total the train.
0: Callback to the first one. I loved it. It was so good.
1: In, in that, also, it was primarily you know a lot. There was some train work in the first one, like actual train stuff, but it was mostly a combination of green screen and st- and mm. uh, set work and miniatures, here they were actually on top of that train as it was going 60 miles an hour.
0: So the part where and I think this was in the trailers, the part where uh-huh. he turns and then j- dives down just as the bridge comes. It uh-huh. was like amazing. I assume it was done with CGI. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I did. Yeah,
1: it did look good. I like the tunnel. The tunnel fight was pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Very intense, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it was just like it just all looked so, so good. We get to a point where, you know, after they're fighting, Ethan gets a hold of the knife and gets Gabriel at knife point and is mm. about to cut his throat when Briggs and Degas show up and, you know, stop him.
0: Yeah, they're right. not being paid enough to climb around on the top of the <laughs> trains.
1: No, no. No. Uh, And Ethan is like, all right, you know, fine. I won't kill him. I'm even dropping this knife, but just make sure you cover him. He's the one you want. And Briggs is interested. No, I won't care about him. I want you. And at that moment, of course, uh, a timer on Gabriel's watch goes off and he knows that's exactly when they'll be passing by a truck that he can jump off because that was his escape plan.
0: That was sweet. Classic entity move. And it occurred (laughs) to me, this movie doesn't have a lot of gadgets. Compared to because some of the other ones. they have to be low-tech because of the entity. It's great. And, yeah, the, the only the only thing this fancy watch does is a timer. which A timer, out. and
1: then also <laughs> it activates the, ex, the explosives on the bridge.
0: Yeah, and James Bond was out. doing that in Goldeneye 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have one last bit of magic. Here.
1: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, love, I like it. Well, not this is not magic. This is pickpocketing.
0: Well, a difference whatever it's just funny how a bunch, a bunch of these characters if they get even somewhat close to you, it's over. Mm-hmm. you can't hold on to anything so you yeah, carry. so
1: Ethan has swapped the lighter, which was we had we never even talked about the lighter as
0: yes, but, it's been around
1: it's it's a token of like you know going back and forth between Ethan and grace
0: so I have a thought question. do you yes. think the lighter should have said something on it?
1: no. Okay. It's better as just a plain thing that we don't. But yeah, so Ethan has swapped the key which uh, Gabriel had had
2: mm. with
1: the lighter, and he does a very con-like scream of Ethan. Oh
0: con-like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ethan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't he? Why didn't he say Hunt? Because Ethan sounds. He never says
1: Hunt. He always calls him Ethan.
0: Oh, because they're because they have history. Uh-huh,
1: yeah. Yeah. All
0: right.
1: Grayson. And uh, Ethan trying to stop the train, but they realize they can't. So they disconnect the train, the engine from the rest of the carriages and have mm. to hop through the and run through all of the carriages as yeah. <laughs> as the train is going off of the uh, off of the cliff, also Briggs and Degas have are helping by getting people all to the, the back of the train. They also see Kittredge and wonder, what the heck's he doing here?
0: So that was great the part where they're jumping off the train or where they're hanging that may produce a lot more of a, more of a reaction in me than most of the rest of the movie including the car chase I feel like my heart elevated very Fascinating. yeah yeah maybe it's, that, maybe it's hanging off of stuff that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> yeah
1: but not jumping off stuff just hanging off of it
0: I guess so I guess so <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but yeah, there's a good, great a lot of great parts in here, including like a part where you know they basically end up like zero G for like a couple of seconds.
0: That was great. The, the part where he says to Grace, "Grace, do you trust me?" and she shakes her
1: head. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, classic yeah. joke. Yeah, uh, I also love that there's also a grand piano in there that like a, almost hits hmm. them.
0: It was. Good. I thought it
1: was going to uh, totally take them both out. Yeah, yeah. and they are. About to, you know, fall off into the into the abyss when Paris comes and helps them,
0: ah, so nice.
1: And from Paris, they you know, who is seemingly close to death.
0: Mm.
1: They find out what the key is actually the key for. And it's for the Sevestipol.
0: I was surprised that they found that out. I thought they were going to have to wait until the next movie. I thought they were going to do a literal cliffhanger ending.
1: They're not going to pull a Fast X, because that is stupid.
0: Or Into the Spider-Verse.
1: I haven't seen it, so I actually don't know what the how that ends.
0: Oop, I kind of gave it away. It's not literally a cliffhanger. It,
1: uh, <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, Fast X is literally, you know, ends in the middle of a scene. And it's like, oh, my God, mm. really? No, Macquarie spoke, like, even though this is a part one, it, it needs to still... be a complete story. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, we get uh, Ethan has found his parachute from before, which... Luther had previously said he packed with both a base jump kit and a speed flying kit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just because he didn't know how he what kind of conditions he would be getting off the train. So Ethan uses the speed flying kit to escape,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: unfortunately, it only holds one. So Grace has left, which was you know was the plan all right. along, really. Right. And so she tells Kittredge, who appears now, that you know Ethan Hunt said you're someone I can trust and. He gave me a choice, and I choose to accept.
0: Dun-dun-dun. It's dun, dun. exciting. And,
1: yeah, and Ethan, you know, rendezvous with Benji, and does... I love, like... Okay, I know you haven't been skydiving.
0: I have. Mm-hmm. I'm proud oh. of it. Mm. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I'm proud that I haven't been skydiving. I know you are. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think you should live a little. <laughs> I Believe me, there's lots of ways to live. I don't know what they... uh-huh.
1: But landing and skydiving is ridiculously like standing up is Mm. hard to do especially if it's your first time doing it but Mm. it's even more so for speed flying because you're going at 60 you're coming in at 60 miles an hour
0: something else i forgot to mention with benji is there's a part where he gets into his car and he puts self-driving and then he puts a seatbelt on Mm -hmm. i didn't realize it but that was i think he was afraid the entity was going to try to kill him i'm surprised that it didn't Uh, You know, Um, but then Alana had a theory that BMW wouldn't let them put a scene whereas (laughs) BMW tries to kill him.
1: Probably not. (laughs) We have another monologue from from Kittredge about how, you know, know, this next mission, you know, the entire world's relying on you. They just don't know it. And so Mm. the key is only the beginning. And you see the the Sevastopol under the ice.
0: I think we need a private sub to get in there and check it out.
1: <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> when we get the end of the movie, now do you recall if it said "End Part One" at the end? Do I recall from seeing it the first time? I vividly recall that, but the second time I watched it, it wasn't there. It just said "Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning" and then went to the credits.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I didn't remember. I it. think I've I, 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 I... right in fans and asks.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull. Um uh, some other people who have seen the movie and see if they remember it saying end part one at the very end, or did they all rush out to use a bathroom and that didn't see it?
0: All right. So now it is time for our spy fact versus fiction. I have a little bit if you'd like me to go first. Sure, I've got a few things too. Okay, so I googled is the Orient Express still around? Oh,
1: that was one of my things actually. But go ahead and, it, and see what look, you got.
0: It looks like or according to Orient Dash Express dot com, there is one coming in twenty twenty five. But there is something also called the Venice Simplon Orient Express, mm-hmm. a Belmont train at Belmont.com, and it seems very nice, the interior is all nice, but it is not powered by coal like it is in the movie. <laughs> no. In fact, the only coal-powered locomotives are in museums. Interesting.
1: So I have a little bit more on the Orient Express, so... Okay. Just that the original route which was from i believe Paris to Istanbul mm. uh, stopped running in about 2009 and oh, so
0: yeah that recently
1: mm-hmm. um, it, they were not i believe as fancy a car as you know shown here the um yeah the Venice Simps- Simplon Orient Express uses some of the original trains um, from mm. the original Orient Express but yeah the i think the most recent version of the actual orient express was just using regular trains <laughs> it uh, was just had that same
0: name i see and then also we talked about carrie always plays the dni i don't know if we ever said who the dni is
1: oh yeah no, we never well i said the director of national intelligence but i didn't explain his role so right. go
0: ahead so well according to dni.gov the dni or the director of national intelligence serves as the head of the intelligence community what is that? It's a coalition <laughs> of 18 agencies and organizations, including the ODNI, which is the Office, Office. of the Director of National mm-hmm. Intelligence. They are all within the executive branch. They work both independently and collaboratively to gather and analyze the intelligence necessary to conduct foreign relations and national security activities.
2: All right.
1: All right, so I've got a few things. Uh, first of all, source code. So the Sevastopol was important because it had the entity's source code. Now, in addition to being a sci-fi action thriller from 2011 starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Source Code is also the source of a computer program. It cl- contains declarations, instructions, functions, loops, and other statements was, which act as instruction for the program
0: on how to function. And that's from Techopedia.com. I see. Something that I um, forgot to mention is that I wanted to talk about what the real Sevastopol is, but then the movie beat me to it and I explained it. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, it's a city, yep.
0: Yeah, it's in a Crimea. city in Crimea, so it's yeah. disputed, yeah. Ah. Alright, so
1: also, I've got something about, I mean, we see it a lot here, pickpockets and magicians, or, you know, it's close to magic. So, this may seem very silly for spies to know. However, uh, in during the Cold War, a magician named John Mulholland was paid by the CIA to write a manual on deception and misdirection. Mm-hmm. And that is known as, now copies of this document were believed to have been destroyed in 1973, but copies later resurfaced and were published as the Official CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception. Uh, Now this is from Wikipedia, but I used to have a copy of that book. I have since donated it to the Spy Museum's Volunteer Library. So uh, any volunteers out there can check it out in that library.
0: All right, so I'll have to track it down.
1: Yeah. Uh, What else do I have? Oh, so... And it also can be found on Amazon. You can pick it up for like twelve bucks.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: is Prime Day today, <laughs> or well, not by the time that yeah, this when we're raised. recording, it. Is, yeah. yeah. So the Spanish Steps are in Rome, Italy. Um, there are 135 of them, and uh, was built in between 1923 and 1925. And they you know, are famous for being. In well, a couple different movies, including Roman Holiday, which is a lovely film that I was starring uh, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Harding nice! Back. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a vintage movie. Yeah,
1: um, and you've already talked about the Orient Express, so I can skip over that. Now, speed flying, uh-huh. which it, Ethan does at the very end, it's a hybrid sport that combines elements of paragliding and parachuting to create a new sport. Like paragliding, speed flying is done by launching from a Slope with the wing overhead already inflated by the incoming air. The main Mm -hmm. difference between speed flying and paragliding is that the speed flying is meant to create a fast, thrilling ride close to the slope, while the point of paragliding is usually maintain a longer, gentler flight.
0: What about base jumping?
1: Well, base jumping is just is just jumping off is like parachuting. I see. Yeah. So um, I think that's what I've got for spy fact versus spy fiction.
0: Very nice. So now we have our favorite quotes. I only have one.
1: All right, what is it?
0: Ethan! <laughs> I did also like, if I remember it, I guess it's my favorite one, where Briggs says to Kittredge, well, sir, since you're not really here, it's really none of your concern about yep. what
1: they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty close to the line. Yeah, it's something to mm-hmm. that effect. Um, Briggs also has a really good quote that's like the very similar to, um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Uh, Alec Baldwin's line in Rogue Nation about Ethan. Like, in these movies you get these people describing Ethan, and I'm trying to remember what, it's something about being an agent of chaos and something like that, but I don't remember it, and I wish I did. But I also like from him, you know, do not consider him detained unless you've driven a wooden stake through his open heart.
0: Oh, yeah. And hey, it's, I think of a lot of fictional heroes and villains that that can apply to him. <laughs>
1: uh, also, it's uh, from the DNI, he says, when they're talking about you know, how the IMF works. Like, there's a lot of good lines in there that I wish I could remember, but, you know, I couldn't write it down because I was in a theater. But it's like, what kind of operation lets its agents choose which orders to follow?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then I've also got, and again, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's Benji saying, you know, this operation, you know, went rogue. Before it even happened, making this tactic, you know, this conversation technically treason, or as we like to call it, Monday.
2: Yeah,
0: I like that. And then also the uh, part where Briggs' sidekick, whose name I, I keep forgetting, the guy is like, well, maybe you always had a good reason to go rogue.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> or nah, well, and I lastly,
1: <laughs> I've got the uh, from the very uh, from the uh, briefings scene where uh, Ethan. Is, you know, talking the new IMF agent through his procedures, and he says, uh, "You gotta give me uh, what's the what's the code phrase?" "Is oh, oh, what's the oath? We live and die in the shadows for those we hold close and for those we've never met."
0: Apparently, they have an oath. <laughs> they came up generating a lot of uh, lore in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Alrighty, shall we get to our ratings? I'm uh, kind of afraid to. Uh, uh, will you will you, you like murder me? <laughs> <laughs> if I don't give it a high rating, I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh God, I just—I guess, guess I'll go first then. Sure, sure. So I had—I had a thought, Christian. Yeah. Okay. Which is, I don't like for myself. I don't want to give a movies a seven out of ten martinis because right. that's what we do here at the SpyFi guys. We do ratings on a scale of one to ten martinis, one being Avengers nineteen ninety eight and ten being even better than No Time to Die. So the problem with a seven is that it just means it's good. Okay. Okay? And that really doesn't tell you very much. Okay? Alright. So, I am not going to give it a 7. I was... I'm going to think through what I said. So, it's a Mission Impossible movie, the stunts are always great, the chases are always great, the actions always great, but this time, I found the plot to be unnecessarily confusing. and I felt <laughs> Have like, you seen oh. the first movie? <laughs> well, the first movie is different. I, I had different expectations going into the first movie. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, and also, I meant to talk about this earlier, but I still talk to it now. When they try to do this whole thing of, like, Ethan Hunt, your sins are coming back to haunt you. Think on your sins and the people you left behind. That doesn't really work for me. Hmm. That's not what I want in a Mission Impossible movie. I want fun. So, so like, I like the Entity. I didn't like Gabriel. Liked Grace. I didn't like Ilsa's death so much. So, it. Would, I'm probably not rating this as highly as some of the other Mission Impossible movies. I will give it a 6 out of 10. It's on the better side of okay. Zack's body was never found. Oh,
1: boy. <laughs> I'm going on the exact opposite, you know, mm. 9 and a half, Nine and a half Martinez.
0: Wow. So. Would you like to talk through why oh, you gave of it to course I will, rating?
1: Because, look, don't get me wrong. And this... Like, like we've clearly established, I'm the fan of this franchise. I've been a fan of this franchise since mm-hmm. I was nine years old. That is 29 years mm-hmm. I've been a fan of this franchise. So I've seen it from the beginning and what it, all the changes it's gone through. Mm-hmm. This is the best encapsulation of all of know. the types of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, like, all the different parts of it. You have the twists and turns from the first movie. You have all the action from all the other great, all of the great movies, you Mm -hmm. have the goodbye play between characters, which I feel like the fact that it's a thief and it's someone who has a goodbye play with Ethan. Mm
0: -hmm. I thought of
1: Naya from Mission Impossible 2.
0: Okay. I I remember.
1: Yeah. So I I don't know that this is the best movie in the franchise, but it is the best encapsulation of all the different parts of it. You Mm -hmm. even have the weird dutch angles that um were in the first movie you, you have you know e- yeah Chris mccory is drawing from every part of the franchise to make this movie and also like you know we'll, uh, we'll talk about this eventually when we get to fallout but
2: mm.
1: in fallout my fitbit that i've been wearing asked me if i was exercising because my heart rate was so high yeah
2: that, just, with the which, is, which is
1: which is you know which is cool. Mm. But this actually had time to breathe between the action scenes, it made me feel more about the characters. And it gave me a story, and was, you know, especially the sort, you know you have it, you have you know usual viewpoint of Ethan, but you have a different viewpoint of someone who's basically thrown into the IMF with grace. And I' really liked Haley that was character. on seeing it the first time, it was a nine for me. But it's getting to see it in IMAX this time, even though I missed mm. Tom Cruise, um, g- bumped it up that extra half. So nine and a half star, a uh, nine and a half martinis.
0: Well, you are the target audience. It sounds like they really nailed it. So what would have to happen for you to give it a 10 out of 10? You'd have to actually meet Tom Cruise?
1: <laughs> no, but who knows? Maybe I will give some of the other Mission Apostles we haven't covered a 10.
0: You don't know. Well, I've always kind of felt like, for me, a 10 out of 10 movie doesn't actually exist. But that's a discussion for another time. It's like a theoretical perfect movie.
1: Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh,
0: Anything else you want to talk about?
1: Mm, No, just that, well, yeah. If you want more Mission Impossible action, tune in soon for our coverage of Ghost Protocol.
0: That's right. You can stay tuned for that. So, thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media: the SpyFi Spy Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our merch store at Redbubble.com. Until next time, I'm Zach, and I'm Christian, and we are the SpyFi Spy Guys signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Spy Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
0: This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.
1: You can find our podcast on social media at the spify guys